What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. All right, guys, I'm super excited to get back into my discussion with Dr. Paul Jenkins. If you haven't listened to the last episode, Dr. Paul Jenkins Part 1, then stop this episode and go listen to that one, and then keep listening to this episode. All aboard the Nerd Train, we're going to be talking about metacognition with Dr. Paul Jenkins. Enjoy. You can think about your own thinking. This is good news because metacognition creates a little space. And in that space is where choice exists. So I want to play with this with the idea that you just brought up because it's actually one of the top three limiting beliefs that I found inside of myself as I was going through a bankruptcy. This is great. All right. Am I right on schedule or not? Now, just consider for a minute, do you know? For sure, like you've got some cosmic connection to the grand calendar of all things, and you know for sure that you're not on schedule. You don't know? Yeah, the answer would be like, uh, no, I technically don't know the future. You don't know? Well, do you know the other way that you are on schedule? You don't know. That's my point. Right. But when you turn on metacognition and you think about your thinking, notice that you have already adopted a position about that, even though you don't know. And then when we go to that level of metacognition and we think about our thinking, we can ask ourselves, huh, I guess I don't know for sure, but I think I'm behind. And then we can, we can ask ourselves an important question. Does that thought serve me well? That's fantastic. Because Does that thought serve me? Because that's really right. what we're, we want in the end, we want results. And that's a way to uncover, is this giving me the result that I want? Right. I like does it, it serve, does it serve me well? Yes. It, because if I'm thinking constantly, oh, I'm behind the game, then how am I going to feel? Right. See, the, you feel discouraged, which then does not help right. you get to that end, end result. And you're always right about how you feel. How you feel is a hundred percent consistent with the way your own mind is doing two processes in fact, I created a model. I've shown it to you before, Delton. Yes, I like it a whole bunch. About evaluation and creation, these processes that are going on in my mind. I know we won't get into that completely on this conversation, but I'd be happy to provide anybody who's listening a free copy of my mini book, Portable Positivity. Go download it. I've got the whole model there. This is what I learned through the process. And if you remember my name, Dr. Paul Jenkins, spelled with a D-R. And then do a forward slash and remember Telton's name, T-E-L-T-O-N, drpauljenkins.com forward slash Telton. I'll Love send it, it to you. Thank okay, you so, so the- much. A free gift for my listeners. So D-R-P-A-U-L-J-E-N-K-I-N-S. Dot com right. forward slash and then my name, T-E-L-T-O-N. I love it. That's it. 
It's where mm. you'll find it. And it's it's totally free for your listeners, Telton, to, to download. And the reason I want to share that is because we're not going to get into all the details on that today. I want you to know that your brain is doing exactly what it's designed to do. And as you understand how your brain is operating in those two levels, evaluation and creation, you are in a higher level of choice and you can ask questions like, does this serve me well? What other thought might serve me better? Just try this. I want everybody who's listening, just try this for a moment. Okay. If you're by yourself, do it out loud. If not, just you can do it mentally. All right. All right. We're all just think or say this. I'm so far behind. Oh, I'm so far behind. Okay, how did that feel? Horrible. I know, right? <laughs> Hello? Oh, this yeah. is not rocket science. <laughs> it is, however, psychological science. It is. <laughs> which is the, <laughs> you understand which is the that. trait of illuminating the obvious, which is really <sighs> beneficial to do. Okay, now we already established you don't know if you're so far behind. But here's the thing. Once you establish a belief or a position about that, there's this thing called confirmation bias that kicks in. That's right. This is a, a psychological process where your brain, it's what it's supposed to do. You're not wrong for this. Your brain will look for and find and even create and fabricate evidence that your chosen position is in fact true. And you will find evidence that, oh, I'm so far behind. And that will contribute to the feeling of discouragement. Just notice it. I am not here to tell you how to think. I don't have that kind of authority. <laughs> but I do want you to see that you are thinking. Yes. And that okay, that so has a direct result. And your brain, its job is to make you not be crazy. So the result is going to come from your thoughts and the way you feel about them. Yes. I love it. Yeah, your brain is the control center of everything that's going on. It matters. What so, we think. So then you got to take me back to your, your bankruptcy story because you shared with this your thoughts. Like, I'm so humiliated. This is, this is only for the slackers and the dishonest folks that are in the world. And so then how, and this is what I'm very interested in, as you learned from that, you paid the tuition and you got the knowledge. How did the, you then translate to different thoughts? And are there two or three go-to thoughts that you have? Yes. In fact, let's not leave you hanging because I just did an exercise with you. Ah, I'm so far behind. Oh, okay. Right. Let's, let's just switch that up. Okay. All right. I want oh, you yeah, to yeah. try this. Just try it. Humor me. And you have to say this with a little lilt to your voice and raise your eyebrows. Just okay. Touch. Smile, okay. smile, Here raise your eyebrows. Here's the script. Ready? Yep. I'm right on schedule. I'm right on schedule. Okay. I'm... Now, how did that feel besides Goofy? <laughs> it feels encouraging. Now, you're going to also notice a little resistance in your mind. Yeah. It's like half and half. Half your brain is like, wait a second. I don't know if that's true or not. And the other half's like, right. oh, that's, that's so refreshing. Because your brain has already selected one of those and started the task of compiling evidence to support that belief. So when you introduce the new one, it's like, oh, well, that would be nice if or <laughs> it right. feels a little encouraging, but you don't quite buy it yet. That's normal. That's what your brain is doing. Remember, you don't know if you're right on schedule or if you're not. That means you get to pick 
choose, select one of those options or some other variation of it. But Mm -hmm. notice that you're doing that. Now, what if you just choose to believe that you're right on schedule? You know, when I walked out of that bankruptcy court and uh, Telton, this was not something I aspired to. It's not something I raised my hand and said, Ooh, pick me. Oh, Paul, this is so real. And so like, it's just so human and vulnerable. I, I really appreciate you just being willing to tear because this is the real deal. Like that was a, a real you walking out of there going, what just happened? So I interrupted you, know you I said noticed, when you though, walked out of there. I got to tell you, I walk out of the bankruptcy court and I'm with my wife and we're both in the throes of, oh my gosh, this is not what we had planned. This is, And there were other thought problems that were getting in our way. But here's what I noticed. Everything was in color still. And somehow this surprised me. I don't know what I was expecting. Like one of those old 20s movies. Right. Everybody's walking around in black. You know, I don't know. Everything's in grayscale after. It's so true. It's almost like that's how we feel when we go through these difficult experiences. It's like. Well, I was expecting the world to come to a screeching halt. Well, guess what? The breeze is still blowing. Children are playing in the playground. Everything's still in color. And I'm like, huh, because somehow I had built this up into my mind. This is a terrible thing. This is no good. Very bad. I'm way behind. I've, I've blown it. I have failed. Looking back on it now with years of experience between me and that event, I can see that I was right on schedule that everything I learned from that was essential to wherever I got to go next. But it requires a choice. First of all, am I behind or am I on schedule? I don't know. Pick one of those positions because that's going to change how you feel. And that will in turn change how you show up and what you do. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about that. But another one of these beliefs was scarcity versus abundance. Scarcity versus abundance. Think about it. This is a form of thinking that there's not enough. I'm talking about scarcity right now. There's never enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough love. There's not enough money. There's not enough attention, whatever it is. And that led to another belief that was causing problems for me, which is money will solve my problems. So there's a limited amount of it. But if I could get, and it's it's not very much. But if I could get enough of it, then it solves all my problems. Those two thoughts kind of working in connection. Which I I had my world rocked just a little bit, Telton, because I'm I'm a very spiritual person as well. And religious and spiritual practice is important to me. And one of my friends pointed out, he said, well, that's a form of idol worship. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you think money will solve your problem? Like it's the great deity that somehow if it shows up in your life, it's going to magically, you know, bestow upon you whatever it is that you're looking for. And I, I I never thought that I was worshiping money, but this belief of money will solve my problem versus what? Money is a tool. Money works for me, not the other way around. And and that shift that might sound simplistic, but it, one reason the bankruptcy was so important to me, Delton, I think about it kind of like my divorce from money. 
<laughs> According to your friend from idolatry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The, it, my relationship with money changed significantly because I learned through that separation from money that I didn't need it. My happiness was not dependent on money. The world was still in color. I mentioned that. Yeah. You the know, the world that, is still in color. The breeze still blows. The sun still shines, and that money has a different role than, right. than filling that that gapper. Once I got my head wrapped around a new idea, I don't need money. Money doesn't solve my problems. Money works for me. I can be happy with or without it. Then it becomes a choice. I choose with <laughs> because. I can. And money stopped being an issue for me, not because something magical happened, but because my mind changed. And and because I had that huge blessing of experiencing that enormously painful bankruptcy, it changed my mind and my relationship with money to where now money is not an issue. Isn't that amazing? It's not an issue. It's simply an asset. It's a tool. And so I can put it to work however I choose. Now, what would change in our retirement planning if we could have that kind of thinking? Right. Or whatever else we do to manage our money. Right. Overall financial planning or retirement planning or gifting or how you interface with your children, like you were talking about paying for missions or church service or or education. So tell me this, somebody that is listening to this that part of their brain, they're saying, okay, I want to believe, Dr. Paul, that I can mm-hmm. believe that, that money is abundant and that because it's not going to solve my problems, it's just going to flow into my life and I'm going to use it however I want. It's choice-driven. Mm-hmm. There's still part of their brain that's saying, are you kidding me, Dr. Paul? Like, it's not abundant. Like, I've got a lot of years of programming that shows me it doesn't show up easily And so just give, because you went through it, like you lived it and started with one set of beliefs and now have a different set of beliefs and you see, and you see those beliefs manifest in your life. You see those beliefs actually play out in your day-to-day life. So get like, just give us one more hint or suggestion on how, how to, how to allow our brain to get comfortable with this idea when it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't really, I'm having a hard time following that. First of all, be patient, be patient with yourself. Your brain is basically lazy and loyal. It it doesn't want to change beliefs. (laughs) It's easier to just stick with what, and programming is powerful. You use the word programming there. Like language, for example, I was programmed to speak English. So are you. Yeah. And that makes English the most convenient, easiest go-to language for us. English is not the easiest language on the planet. Right. But that early stage programming made it very accessible to us and now made it easy. I'm also fluent in Finnish, but even though I put in the work and the time and the effort to learn that language, English is still easier for me because that's my programming. So your brain is going to go back to whatever it's trained, taught, and educated to do already. It's going to seem right to fall back on what you already believe. And if you believe that money is scarce, it's going to be easy to conceptualize it that way and to show up with that scarcity mindset. Now, the problem with when you look at that scarcity versus abundance, remember, this is one of the top three 
limiting beliefs that I mentioned there. Scarcity versus abundance. When we live in scarcity, what do we do with our money? Think about it. Are you generous and giving with it? Or do you cling to it and hoard it? Do you see the difference? Yeah. Where in an abundance mindset, it flows. I used to think that a certain amount of money, a certain dollar figure would solve my problems. And it equated with the amount of debt that I was trying to resolve in that bankruptcy. Now think about it. What, what is your number? I mean, if, if you're thinking, okay, I could do, if, if only I had $50,000, I would be set. I would be free. Well, does $50,000 exist? It certainly exists. Okay. Yeah, it exists. Your 50 grand exists. Where is it? Now, there's only two options, Tilton. It's either in my pocket or it's in somebody else's pocket because all the money is owned by somebody, right? Okay. Okay. So my 50,000 exists and it exists in the pockets of other people. Why would they give it to me? And so it, it changes the question. It's not about, oh, I need 50 grand. It's like, how do I create enough value? for the people out there who have my 50 grand in their pockets right now, that they'll be happy to hand it to me. And then it becomes a question of production because when we live in abundance, it's about producing more than we consume so that we don't suck anymore. Uh, coming full circle. I like it. So to re I'm going to tell you what I heard there. So first, your first suggestion was be patient. That's okay. With your brain. With your brain. It's going to mm -hmm. fall back on programming and it's likely that potentially you you're an exception but i think there's a, a lot of scarcity programming that, that we've all been exposed to or that's been kind of the, the fallback plan so so be patient recognize the programming and when you recognize that allow yourself to start to think about what can i produce as opposed to that programming that says, man, it, money is scarce. You won't get it. Instead, say, actually, there's part of this programming that says, I can get it. Let me figure out what I can produce. And maybe that means that you're keeping more of, of what you are already producing because you decide you're going to cut some things out. Or maybe it means there's some places where I can actually add more value and, and produce more. It's like the three Ps that you just walked us through. Patience, recognize the programming, and then start to think, in terms of production, and maybe that, and uh, those the, the, those really it. fall back in the big picture of retirement planning. Let's say you've got a few years. One thing is that it's okay to be to be patient. I've been very surprised when people get a, a retirement plan in stone. Like, okay, I can pull it off at this time. All of a sudden, they go, "Oh well, that kind of takes the pressure off. I'll probably work another year or two years." And so that might be a thought that helps you be patient with getting to where you want to go. And then when it comes to the programming, making the decision of, okay, my programming that I heard for whatever reason, we get told this all the time, oh, you're too far behind or, you know, baby boomers only have this much saved. It's like, you know, like a high school is getting bad grades. And mm -hmm. so you tell them, dude, you're going to end up on the street broke in a misfit in society. Yeah. It's like, I don't think you're helping that, that high schooler get good grades. That's kind of what we've been told is, oh, you're all so far behind and, oh, the investments are so scary. So you can recognize that programming and then from there decide, okay, how with my own time or with my money, how can I have that be productive? 
maybe that's how we invest it and in aligning it with the time frames when we're actually going to need it. So I love it. I think the three P's are, are fantastic. I think that's super, super good. Anything else that you would love to share with my listeners before we wrap up with a big, big thank you? You know, the biggest thing on my mind right now is the power of choice. And until we see it as a choice, it's not. We'll go with whatever our programming is. We'll just fall right back to our default. When you see that you have a choice to think scarcity or abundance, when, when you see it as a choice, now you're in a position where you can actually choose one of those. I'm too late. I'm right on schedule. Choose. money. I need money. Money will solve my problem versus money works for me. Choose the power of choice. Now, I mentioned earlier that I speak Finnish. If you wanted to speak Finnish, you could choose that. I did. And you can see that it's more than a choice. And this is where people get stuck sometimes. They think, well, it's a choice. That's dumb. If it were a choice, I wouldn't be where I am. Well, it's a choice and it's a skill set that you get to practice and develop and hone and refine and get coaching on. So once you switch your mindset, it's just like switching your language. Okay. It's going to be easier to go back to whatever your programming is. So be very patient with yourself. Engage a coach. Get some help. Keep listening to these podcasts. Open up that brain, that mind of yours to the new possibilities, and then do the work that is required once the choice is made. And no apologies. Work is one of the fundamental principles of transforming the elements in our world. So yes, it is a choice, and that's essential and a first step. And it's a skill set that you get to work on and continue to grow and develop and define. I love it. Well said. What a great time it's been. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story with my listeners. It's really, really powerful. I just can't thank you enough. And then don't forget, I actually have the mini book and I'll use that as just kind of a fallback reference, drpauljenkins.com forward slash Telton. Thanks so much for offering that to uh, my listeners. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Sure. Appreciate you. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast. Podcast, all caps. You're gonna be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. Take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up. Use the discount code PODCAST in all caps and for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to 
turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out, teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.